A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. An Erio's original. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith. And I am The Alarmist. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today, we're discussing Balloon Fest 86. Here's what you need to know. It was known as the Mistake on the Lake. Cleveland, Ohio, the city on the shore of Lake Erie, had been the butt of jokes for years as one of America's worst cities. What began as an industrial center in the early 20th century had turned into a city known for pollution, factory debris, and a failing football team. Cleveland needed a makeover, a rebrand that would change the narrative, prove America wrong, and put them back on the map. But what could they possibly do to transform the cleave from the heckled to hip? The answer seemed to be obvious. Release a bunch of balloons. In 1986, the city of Cleveland teamed up with the nonprofit organization United Way to organize Balloon Fest, 
a larger-than-life fundraiser that would spread awareness about local social services and look really cool. Just a few months prior, Disneyland had broken the Guinness World Record for balloons set aloft at the same time when they released 1.2 million balloons in honor of Disneyland's 30th anniversary. The event was a smash hit for Anaheim, which funded the spectacle as a thank you to Disneyland. Hoping to piggyback on SoCal's rousing success, Cleveland hired the same team to create an even bigger balloon release. Balloon boy Treb Henning had been obsessed with inflated latex since he had worked as a Disney balloon vendor as a teenager, and he had built a career as the go-to guy for all balloons and confetti displays. He brought along Tom Holowack, who had designed Disneyland's balloon release as the project manager. Along with their team of engineers, Treb and Tom worked with Cleveland city officials to build a massive net dome in Public Square, downtown Cleveland's Central Plaza. With plans to release 2 million balloons, the dome needed to conform to the same building codes as permanent buildings. For months leading up to the event, United Way enlisted students around Cleveland to collect donations of $1 for two balloons. The night before the event, a thunderstorm with 90-mile winds blew through the city, damaging the dome's netting. As workers rushed to repair the structure late into the night, planners reduced the number of balloons to 1.5 million, and preparations for the spectacle forged on. Despite the continued poor weather, at 4 a.m., thousands of children arrived at Cleveland's Public Square to find a temporary balloon-making factory. That's right. 2,500 volunteer high school students were tasked with inflating the balloons. The students sat around helium air valves, collectively filling thousands of balloons per minute as a local radio station DJ cranked rock music to keep them awake. By noon, their fingers were wrapped in band-aids as they hurried to inflate enough balloons. Festivities commenced at 12 p.m. on September 27, 1986, and over 100,000 people filled Public Square for the charitable event, including a Guinness World Record spokesperson. With the weather slowly worsening, planners decided to release the balloons about 15 minutes early. The crowds cheered as 1.5 million multicolored balloons floated into the crisp Cleveland air dazzling spectators for miles away. Under ordinary circumstances, it was believed the helium balloons would drift into the atmosphere and eventually burst high in the sky. However, the rains pushed the millions of balloons back down to Earth, where they came hurtling into the city like helium-filled cannons. The deluge of latex caused numerous car accidents as the balloons clogged the streets and sideways for miles. The Burke Lakefront Airport was forced to shut down as workers struggled to clear balloons from the runway. A mass of balloons bounced into a pasture in Medina County, Ohio, spooking and injuring several Arabian horses. The day before Balloon Fest, Raymond Broderick and Bernard Sulser had gone out fishing. When their families reported them missing, the Coast Guard initiated a search and rescue. While volunteers found their boat, rescuers struggled to look for the men floating in the water, as the thousands of balloons covering the lake surface looked exactly like heads or orange life jackets. The search was eventually called off, and the two men's bodies were later found washed ashore. One thing you can say about Cleveland, they're always creative, said reporter David Moss, who covered the event. Doesn't always work out, but it's a creative city. 
Fun Facts, a.k.a. Death Stats. The event reportedly cost $500,000 to organize. 2,500 local high school students were tasked with inflating 1.5 million balloons. Two fishermen, Raymond Broderick and Bernard Sulcer, were reported missing on the day of the event. While rescuers found their boat capsized, the Coast Guard had to suspend their search on September 29th. The men's bodies were found days later. With us today, we have producer Clayton Early. Hello. Fact checker Alex Paul. Surprise. And our very special guest today. We're so excited to have them on the show. Ariel Nissenblatt and Lauren Passell. Hi. Hi. How are you? <laughs> oh. Pretty swell. How are you? Yeah. Ariel is the founder and curator of Earbuds Podcast Collective, and Lauren is the founder of Tink Media. She's also the curator of Podcast the Newsletter. Now, I've heard that you two do podcast therapy together. This is true. And what is podcast therapy? Lauren, go ahead. <laughs> well, it's it's really, I mean, it's kind of like podcast consulting. We help podcasters grow their shows. We have, I, my company is a marketing company for podcasters, but it's way more fun than that. And so we didn't feel like calling it consulting. We felt like calling it podcast therapy. And it mostly is a very emotional experience. You know, <laughs> the only, I will say this will pertain to yes, what you all are Yes, I know about what you're to about hear. to say. I <laughs> The only negative comment we've ever gotten is that we talk too fast and interrupt each other, and it's because we're too excited. We're so excited. Wait, so you'll probably notice we'll do this thing where we'll be we'll be like aware of it and be like, Ariel, your turn now. And you're working I'm, on it. I, I, we're trying. I just yeah. it's bad. I'm sorry. We well, find it's, it's therapy. You guys are on a journey. We're on yeah. a journey. We find that a lot of people come to us and they're like, oh, my podcast is so good, but like how do I make it actually like hit people who are not my friends and family? And that's where the therapy element comes in. And we're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. well, uh, thank you so much for um, providing the uh, services for the yeah. podcast community. The, the industry really needs you. <laughs> yes, it's true. It's true. And uh, but before we get started, you know, we always like to ask our guests, what is something that is recently alarming you? What is something that's keeping you up at night? Um, Ariel, I know that you had something. I have Whoever wants things. to go first. I, okay. Lauren? I think I should go first okay. because I'm interrupting <laughs> okay. you. But okay, great. <laughs> well, I, I would just love to take a moment to say, first of all, that Ariel and I joke that we are chill girls because we are not chill girls. We're not chill at all. And I feel like we're living <laughs> Very in uptight. The, like the golden age of chill girls where it's like cool to be a chill girl. You know what mm. I mean? It's like she's chill. It's so chill. Like, and She doesn't give a shit. She doesn't care. Isn't that cool? And it's like, have you ever worked with a chill girl before? Like sh nothing gets done. Okay, no. so. <laughs> I, I don't like chill people in general. Rebecca's no. not chill. That's why we no. have this show. Well, exactly. So I just would like to say, like, the world does not go round if there aren't people like me and Ariel and Rebecca, you and and the Alarmy, who I believe are not chill girls in general. Um, <laughs> you know, we they need us freaking out. So we're <laughs> imperative in all this. And the other thing is, like, obviously, Ariel and I are both on Lexapro, and love it. Obviously, and, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, and. And I must say, like, 
I have found the correct balance where I'm anxious enough that I get my shit done and I never let anything slip through the cracks, but I'm not so anxious that I forget that my job doesn't matter. Does that make sense? It's like, yeah, it's not brain surgery. We always say that. And (laughs) and Ariella said it best. She was like, I like the amount of anxious I'm, I am. So Mm. I just, I I wanted to Mm. say that because it's like, Mm. I, despite that, the fact that I am perfectly medicated. Okay. (laughs) There's one thing that has slipped through the cracks every single night and not even Lexapro can fix it. And it is that nighttime feeling where you're like, does everyone think I'm a dumb dumb? And what was that ridiculous thing I said to that person Mm. yesterday? Mm -hmm. And that's like a rotating something that I've said to someone. And that's doesn't happens to me in cars happens to me uh, while I'm getting ready while I'm taking a shower. Uh, It doesn't even have to happen at night for me. So oh wow, I'm with you. I'm here for you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Ariel, what is recently alarming you? I know that the tendency is to be like, oh, everything, everything is alarming (laughs) Mm -hmm, me, but I have mm -hmm. a few very specific things. First up, I was listening to an episode of Fresh Air with Terry Gross, but it wasn't Terry Gross. It was Dave Davies. And he was interviewing somebody about birds and migration patterns. And this Mm. should not stick in my head as much as it does. But do you know, did you know that birds like regrow their internal organs when they land after a 7,000 mile journey. No, they they shirk, (laughs) they get rid of their organs when they're flying because they need to be like light enough and they're not doing any digestion during that time. And then when they land, they're like, it regrows. We should do this. this. You should, don't your, <laughs> doesn't your digestion get all messed up when you're flying yes. in the plane? Yes, yes. That could be a thing. We should oh my God, how, how do they get rid of their organs I, through I their mouth? I don't know, you mouth? have to listen to this episode or... with Dave Davies and whoever the expert was. It was okay. amazing. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay, that is very, very alarming. <laughs> and then can I tell you one more thing that alarms yes. me? That I, yes. learned, <laughs> that I learned very recently because of the show. Um, I learned that we have been speaking incorrectly as a society we've been saying don't drink the kool-aid that's like how you don't fall into a cult or like do group think but we shouldn't be saying that we should be saying don't drink the flavor aid Mm -hmm. and that is because jim jones poisoned his flock not with kool-aid but with flavor aid and we don't know this and we don't talk about this that's right and we should talk about this you've been brainwashed and uh, we need more exactly and we need more uh press releases about this now in the media right 50 Um, years later we need it now (laughs) it's suspect that kool-aid hasn't tried to change the narrative because they probably like their name being mentioned still yeah no one knows flavor aid it's true no no press is bad press is that what it is is that what flavor aid just disappeared into oblivion that's true lives on so we have to get started. I mean, we have to. there's so much we have to put Ugh. up on the board. Ugh. And before we start putting things up on the board, I just want to put uh, talk about a little bit about balloons. <laughs> um, this is according to EcoWatch. Balloons filled with helium, a finite and rapidly dwindling resource, travel hundreds or even thousands of miles. They land as litter on beaches, rivers, lakes, oceans, forests, and other natural areas. While some manufacturers claim that natural latex balloons made from liquid rubber are biodegradable, they still take years to break down because they are are mixed with plasticizers and other chemical additives that hinder the biodegradation process. Other latex balloons are synthetic, made from a petroleum derivative called neoprene, the same material used to make scuba diving wetsuits. 
uh, and will remain in the environment indefinitely, breaking down into smaller and smaller pieces over time. Latex balloons are a significant threat to wildlife, livestock, and pets, which can be injured or killed from eating balloon fragments, getting tangled in long balloon ribbons or strings, or being spooked by the falling debris. Balloons Um, are just like... It's like the equivalent of like littering. It's just like littering in the sky. It's like instead of throwing your trash on the ground, you just like (laughs) release it up into the air, right? Like what, why are we doing this? I don't know. Why is a big question that I think will come up a lot in this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, go on. Rebecca, thank you for that beautiful reading. Like you just had a lot of words I would not have known how to pronounce, which I think. (laughs) Neoprene is one that stands out. (laughs) We'll see if I got it correctly. Someone will write in. (laughs) I don't know. When I was a kid, I think there's something magical about the, the balloon release or you see one floating in the sky and you're like, huh. I think there's like this this thought of where could it go? And the answer is to the ground and it's mm. going to be garbage. But it, but when you see <laughs> no. it, you're like, huh, wow, no, that, that's going on a journey. <laughs> no, balloon heaven. Your parents didn't tell balloon you. Balloon heaven. Right, I'm sorry. Right. I'm sorry. See, well, it's interesting this- that you say that, Ariel, because my always my thought when I saw a balloon floating in the sky was, oh, some poor kid is really bummed that his balloon Aww. got away. <laughs> oh, that's sad. That's that that's internal. A therapist would <laughs> have a, that's a, my own a stuff. field day with you. <laughs> I should come on your show and you can just give me regular therapy. <laughs> I feel like we should say we're not qualified for that. <laughs> um, I I just thought they like went all the way to the like out to the universe. I think I did too. I think mm-hmm. that's what I thought. They yeah. just float forever. Um, I mean, I thought that until like five minutes ago. So <laughs> until until I'm learning the all subject of today's episode. It's just not true. It's just not true. Um, so I, per- perhaps we can put the concept of balloons up on the board like the i and just balloons themselves <laughs> yeah let's put balloons i think up it's on like the, board. <laughs> it's like the it's like the ephemeral thought of what a balloon is you know it's like when you're a kid you think that balloons are this magical thing i think that's what we need to put up on the board is like the childlike curiosity of balloons mm. <laughs> yeah also well, let's just send like l- our obsession with flight too mm-hmm. right our obsession with airplanes and something that is on the ground being able to float up into I the love skies it. like you can't help but imagine yourself flying up in the sky we're just we love flight that's I what it is i love that and that actually we had a listener recommend uh, that as well uh, this is from sketching perfection um, and they wrote mankind's bizarre infatuation with things that fly or float. Of course. I, I love that, Alex. I think we should put that up on the board. Obsession with flight. But, um, yeah. I'm oh, sorry. Um, Ariel. <laughs> no, please. I interrupt everyone, not just Ariel. <laughs> I don't care who you are. You're consistent. Yeah. Um, but no, Ariel said something about children, like the children literally made the balloons. I think mm-hmm. they needed to go on the board. Oh, there are well, the I children. Have, yeah, I have they, that th- childlike curiosity of balloons. I, I put that up. There, oh, like, thank right. you. Mm-hmm. I feel so validated. But the children <laughs> that made the balloons, like it was basically like a child labor thing. Oh, the, oh, I see. I want those yeah, kids up there. Yeah. The okay, children okay, why don't we get, we'll get yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. We'll get to the, we'll are get we burying to the lead? <laughs> oh, sorry. Mm. No, you're not. You're not. Um, well, but before we even start putting, you know, uh, 
the more of the logistics, I think we have to talk about the weather as well. Mm. I think mm. it needs to go up on the board. This is according to Fox 8 News. Fox 8 meteorologist Scott Sable researched the conditions. After looking back at the weather conditions that were present leading up to the balloon launch, there was no way they should have launched those balloons. The front, which came in, was right out of the north and had a history of producing severe weather. Sable said severe storms the night before had caused significant damage across northeast Ohio and capsized a boat. It washed ashore the morning of the launch, but the two fishermen were still missing. This is according to Cleveland History. The weather caused the whole event to go awry. The winds blew many of the balloons north of the city and rain caused the balloons to fall immediately. The balloons caused the runway at the Burke, uh, Burke Lakefront Airport to shut down and prevent the Coast Guard from finding two fishermen who had fallen off their boat. So this seemed to be a, a, a dangerous front that swept over Cleveland mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at the time. And I'm not from the Midwest, but uh, Lauren, I, 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 I believe you are. Um, this kind of weather, like tornadoes, uh, tornadoes, what else? <laughs> well, what else? <laughs> I mean, we get Cleveland has terrible weather and it's because of lake effect. Mm -hmm. So we get smashed by lake. So we could blame Lake Erie. I'm, I'm going to put lake, lake effect. I mean, Ooh, I love that. Do you know that Lake Erie was pronounced dead in 1960s? In the 1960s? Is that when it went on fire? That it related the Cuyahoga Valley, oh. the Cuyahoga River set was on fire. It's, I just listened to that on Amy Westerfield's damages. It's a nightmare, tragedy, toxic city i mean i'm from there so i can say it but you can't say it i love ohio thank you okay no i really do i think people from ohio love being from ohio they all leave not all a lot of people leave but the people who are from there are very proud of being from there sure. and they're running a lot of ads on podcasts lately about how you should come to ohio because it's great for business have you heard these oh. ads it's for the state of ohio it's mm -hmm. like generally Amazing. for ohio <laughs> well, i've actually we clayton and i have actually been to ohio multiple times they have a lot of uh, colleges there that oh. we've performed at. Oh, that's true. <laughs> we've gone Ambitious. to the colleges. Um, so I, but I would absolutely say F, I lived there most of my life and, you know, we would get snow. Uh, I graduated on June 2nd. We had snow the night before. Jeez. Good. That's wild. It would always be, we get snowstorms on Halloween. So think snowstorms through that time. That's what yeah. we're getting. And it's all because of that lake and also there's also i think this happened in september like people start getting depressed like there's this like depression going on because there's no Seasonal. sun right. yes it's yeah. really true yeah so i think as you know as much as lake, i want to blame the children yeah. the weather <laughs> okay <laughs> now you called it a uh, lake lake effect. effect lake effect and you said yeah. that lake erie is dead it was pronounced dead in the 60s, I think. Thank God. I think it was a, a PR checker. move. Mm. Oh. Yeah, it was like wait. trying to get statehood, I think. Wow. Whoa. Fact checker. Yeah. Look up. Let me. Alex, Alex is, is on, on it. it. I'll look yeah. into Lake Erie. I know also it makes me think about, you know, the creative team behind the Balloon Fest. They had mostly done balloon releases in California yes. where weather yes. issues are not really – this is Taking my thought. I'm listening yeah. to Lauren talk and I'm thinking 
we've got to talk about the people who decided that this would be a good idea geographically for the location yes. of the and city. Like there should have been a bigger conversation, it seems like, about so what's more realistic. Two things that I feel go under that umbrella, Clayton. First of all, was the Cleveland's desire to rebrand, right? Just as a city. And so- Should we put that on the board? Cleveland's yes, desire put, to rebrand? Cle- the Cleveland rebrand. Okay. Um, this the is according to <laughs> trademark <the> big <laughs> Cleveland rebrand. <laughs> this is according to Gizmodo, the guy from the United Way who dreamed up, uh, dreamed this up, had been in marketing at Procter and Gamble and was trying to rebrand Cleveland as cool. Explained Tom Hollowock. <laughs> Lauren, Procter and Gamble um, is a great Ohio company, right? Uh, <laughs> are they from well, Ohio? All my friends from Ohio. Whenever there's a company. That is from Ohio. They'd say that's a great Ohio company. Kenny's huh. <laughs> yeah. ice cream, um, Grater's ice cream. There's like a bunch of great Ohio companies. One of them is Procter and Gamble. Oh, there you go. Sure. Are you the PR Ohio person Pride. for Ohio? <laughs> Are you running like, those ads yeah. on all the podcasts? Uh, I think yeah. this is an ad for How Ohio. How old were you in 1986? I don't think you were born yet, but I was I'm negative. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, Cleveland had cleaned up tremendously and wanted to change their image. Back in the 80s, corporations were using big events as marketing stunts. I mean, this is also a product of the 80s. Right. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so we could put the 80s. The 80s. You know, sure. so, uh, <laughs> it's just like, you know, the economy was kind of coming. People were having... Uh, I guess you could say they had a little bit more money than they mm-hmm. did. Um, and we were in the middle of like... Uh, inventions that were being more accessible to uh, people, just everyday people. Like, I don't know, maybe if it was also maybe like, if it was the sixties, like you would have gone to a party or uh, balloons. I don't know how accessible balloons were, but maybe they would have been more of a commodity. But like now in the eighties, balloons were just like everywhere. Anyone could get balloons. Let's have one point five million of them. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. making that, this that up. Got reduced to one point five. It's nuts. I can't believe that. Yes. They were like, here's the solution. Let's cut back on 500,000. Right. <laughs> well, I, th- I think that means you could also, but well, first of all, this is a theme that comes up on the show a lot and it's kind of like sticking to the mission. I even think- I was going to bring that up, Lauren. I mm-hmm. think in your Disneyland episode, which was very good, th- th- that was one of the problems. Why did the Disneyland opening go so poorly? Because Disney was like, no, we're doing it. And it's like mm-hmm. the same thing. It's like, no, no, we have these balloons. We are doing it. And I also think something you just said, Rebecca, should we blame the Guinness World Records? Like, should we be pushing people to outdo each other with ridiculous feats? Mm-hmm. And I also, I, I'm going to need some fact checking on this. I, <laughs> I don't think the Guinness Book of World Records will is includes things that destroy the environment anymore. Mm. So if you all were like, you know what? I can beat 1.4 million. I'm going to try to do 2 million. Don't do it. They don't care. They're not doing it. Well, thank you for bringing it up because I do. I think we should put the Guinness Book of World Records up on the board. Um, in 1986, Cleveland was a city on the rebound. It had just landed the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and wanted Balloon Fest to take the, city, 
the city to new and greater heights. They wanted to put Cleveland into the Guinness Book of World Records. They wanted to do something bigger and better than anybody else, said John Grabowski, chief historian at the Western Reserve Historical Society and Case Western Reserve University history professor. Although Cleveland did set the record for the most launched balloons at the time, afterward, the Guinness Book of World Records stopped the category altogether. So, like you said, Lauren, too dangerous, too bad for the environment. This is um, according to the Plain Dealer, 2011. We need to keep. Uh, we need you to keep going. An event official quoted in the Plain Dealer back then shouted to the volunteers, "You'll be known around the world." One of the volunteers, that was 16-year-old Mandy Basil, a junior at Trinity High School in Garfield Heights. Today, she is 41, living in Cleveland near Slavic Village. It was like an assembly line nonstop, Basil said in an interview. I was a tear. I, oh, sorry. I was a tire. <laughs> I was not a very good tire before the event, but after a while, I could do it with my eyes closed. Basil, who still has a free T-shirt from the event, <laughs> said she remembers <laughs> very little about the day. <laughs> she, she blacked out. Except for the T-shirt that she had. <laughs> Other than arriving early in the morning and getting home late at night. <laughs> wow. I, I mean, I guess that says a lot. Yeah, perhaps it was just like, uh, it must have been a lot of work, first of all, to tie all of those balloons. It's like 4,000 per minute. Th- this That's is making balloons. Going back to, you know, the sticking to the mission or the show must go on mentality. And this, yes, you that's know, what it is. The Guinness Book of World Records. It's like I keep thinking about we, Rebecca and I went to a dear friend's wedding in Hawaii a couple of years back. And <laughs> they were as they were setting up the wedding, they're like, it's going to rain like 90 percent. It's going to rain. So you can either have it set up outside or inside. But really, you should do it inside. And she had this vision and all this oh. work had gone into setting it up outside. So sure enough, we had the ceremony. And as the ceremony is happening, everyone who's facing the ocean can see these huge (laughs) black clouds start to just roll into the shore. And within (laughs) minutes of the ceremony ending, torrential downpour (laughs) ruining like their entire beautiful table set up everything. everything. And it's like, you know, I can imagine all these people like we have all these kids tying balloons. We've built this huge dome like but like. Mother Nature is going to do her own thing. So sometimes you just have to like let her. Well, she always wins. She always well, wins. It's like it's like stick to itiveness is a good quality a lot of the time, but not when it comes to the public good. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it's good on a personal level. But I think when you're involving more people, I think you get into trouble with stick to itiveness. It's but- like sometimes it's OK to say, let, let's postpone this. But you also need checks and balances because mm-hmm. that wedding story, no one should have let the bride make that decision. Yes. You know what she, there could have been a nuclear war and she would have said we're having the wedding. <laughs> right. And this like, is how I envisioned it. So or someone else, an outside force should have been like, hey, let's look at this from afar. You know, like same. I'm supposed to go on a Disney cruise in 30 days and I think it's a very bad idea. But like I'm not strong enough to cancel it. Someone needs to tell me. <laughs> no. Sure. So we need checks strong and balances. Enough. I'm worried about this Disney cruise. But yes, go on, Alex. <laughs> I was going to say as someone who has been a bride, like telling a bride what to do on their wedding is also maybe a nuclear war. So mm. I get, the, yeah, you know, it's pick. hard also reading about like the event was supposedly a charity event, but it cost, you know, half a million dollars to make. So right. of course, like the morning of these, like, you know, volunteer 
kids who have been like tying balloons until their hands are bleeding. Yes. Like to at the last minute be like, nope, we're not doing it. Maybe that would have started a riot mm-hmm. and maybe people would have been in danger then. You know, it's hard to make those calls. Oh, it's so hard. I don't envy the person who had to make that, that kind of call. I also don't want to be the bride looking at the, you know, weather and mm-hmm. having to <laughs> move, right. you know, everything. It's just, that's so unfair, but that's life, guys. But it's um, like, do you want disappointed kids or two dead fishermen, you know? Mm. You kids. all seem to be thinking about that a little <laughs> longer than I thought. Although I, here's the thing the with the fishermen, we yeah. we can't say that the balloons necessarily killed them. Right. It right. just it did hinder the rescue mission. I mean, we don't yeah. know. There's that it's kind of a gray area. But regardless of the dead fishermen, like there was damage. There was a lot of expenses incurred. There were spooked animals. There were lawsuits. Like, yeah, there's there's enough that's like this was not a good thing in the long run. Yeah, can we talk about the balloon master? Um, oh yeah, his name is Treb Heining. Yeah, uh, I believe I'm saying that correctly. Um, this is according to NBC. Ever since his first job at 15, selling helium balloons at Disneyland, Treb Heining's career has been on the rise. Heining fell in love with balloons as a skinny kid hawking Mickey Mouse inflatables during school summer breaks from 1969 to 1972. Oh, maybe balloons were more accessible at that time. (laughs) Okay. In 1979, with an artist's passion, Heining formed the world's first balloon-centric special effects and decor company, Balloon Art by Treb. After Treb organized Disneyland's 50th anniversary event with the world record-breaking release of 1.2 million balloons, Balloon Art by Treb was hired as the contractor. He's brought balloons to 16 Super Bowls, the opening ceremonies of the 1984 Olympics, and every Republican National Convention since 1988. Hmm. Heining Mm. has worked on every Times Square New Year's Eve confetti drop since 1991. I, I think I also heard on a podcast that he invented the balloon arch mm. oh. oh that's interesting you know yeah and that's got to be uh i i don't know if that's trademarked or what but that's got to be a money maker because every shower of any kind bridal mm-hmm. baby mm-hmm. Ha- seems to have a birthday yeah has grand a balloon opening arch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which can we talk about balloon arches we can why, why, why can't, why, why, why? are they? <laughs> I why? suppose they're better than a balloon release. Release, truth. Absolutely. As long as you capture those balloons after the, the party's over. In the ranking, yeah, in the ranking of balloon gifts, I guess, I must say, like, it was my birthday recently and my mother-in-law sent me these birthday balloons and I hadn't received balloons in a long time. So it's been a very strange experience. That's nice. Kind of like, why? Yes, it is nice. But like, what are they doing? They scare my cat, you know, like, so I think there's like a, there's got to be some sort of like list of, you know, our, what do you call it? Um, hierarchy. Rank, r- hierarchy of how bad balloons. In fact, they're annoying me right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, what's an alternative for a balloon arch? Like, what would you I have put one. instead? Go. I've been thinking about it. What about a beautiful flower arch? I love that. And that's natural. Mm. You know? Yeah. That, Way pricier. Uh, Way, Way pricier. pricier. Yeah. That's the problem. <laughs> it's there true. You know. Well, uh, yes. You're they got right. wedding that's, flowers. That's why. They're that's why. Um, 
okay, I, um, I, I need I should brainstorm more options. Well, I mean, they're beautiful. I love flower arches, but <laughs> you're right. They're pricier. What's a uh, a low cost, natural. fun, natural, biodegradable mm-hmm. option? Oh. Laura, right? I was going to say like paper flowers, but that might be really expensive oh. and could be very bad for the environment, depending. Well, if you well at least it's them. biodegradable. Yeah. Yeah. It breaks down a lot faster than plastic. That's right. Nothing plastic. Nothing latex. Um, if you have any ideas, listeners, yes, write uh, us in. Please write us in. Or write in. Write us in. Write us in. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> write us in. Yeah, write in to us. That's Where are we I'm going? going. <laughs> <laughs> write us into the show. Um, <laughs> I'm going to bring us yes, back Alex. to a couple of fact checking. Fact checking. Thank um, you. Thank you. Uh, requests. Which, yeah, I think there is like um, during the 1960s, Lake Erie was declared a dead lake due to the pollution. So the children's book, The Lorax, written by Dr. Seuss, includes the following line. They will walk on their fins and get woefully weary in search of some water that isn't so smeary. I hear Mm. things are just as bad in Lake Erie. I was going to say that rhymes. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a Lake Erie reference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think it was well known that Lake Erie was highly polluted. And it's interesting, you know, Cleveland, all the issues seem to be about pollution. And then the 1980s, I think there just wasn't as much knowledge about, you know, pollution, yeah. pollution and that type of pollution. And it was just like we talk about, like a time of excess and a time right. of spectacle. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't think there was as much discussion around what's biodegradable. I have a question regarding big spectacle events. You know that <laughs> event that was depicted in that movie from Jordan Peele, Holding Hands Across America? Oh, yeah. That was in the 80s too, right? Oh, Hands Across Mary. Uh, yes, you're talking about us, right? Yes. Yeah, it was yeah. depicted in us, but it was also a real event, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was 1986. Same. There you go. Oh. And that one say, is a lot better for the earth. <laughs> totally. Oh, could have just done that. Now, sure. Hands Across America was where everyone held, they made like a human chain, right? Yes, that was the okay. goal. I don't, did, did anyone it work? die? Did, were there deaths? <laughs> I hope not. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sure, In the was movie, exhausted. there were lots of deaths. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, we'll have to find out if there were any uh, actual deaths. Because that's that funny that it was the option. same year. <laughs> I wonder I feel if. Like, yeah. Big, big. Something about uh, the spectacle. 1986. Yeah. When... It was like big PR moves for some reason. It was like, it's got to be big. Now, let me go back to this because I feel like there was – was there a an Olympics that year or – No, 84. Oh, then 84. yes. Yeah, no, 84, 84 was the LA Olympics. Right. So 86 men, it was winter somewhere, right? Winter mm-hmm. Olympics? Mm. Uh-huh. Somewhere. I don't know where. Somewhere. Any guesses before we look it up? Um, Canada. I'm going to go with okay. – okay, we've got a Canada. I like Whistler. I'm going to go with Whistler. I'm going to say, I'm just going to be really crazy and <laughs> say, uh, like, Chile. Ooh. Okay. Oh, wait. No, that winter? would be a bad. I, actually, that's bad. because That's really dumb. That because was cra- they're year. having summer. They're having oh, summer in true. December. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Japan. Okay. Okay. All eyes on Alex. 
Yeah, I mean, are we saying that there were Winter Olympics in 86? Yeah, yes, there I? were. I'm guessing Hopefully. Banff, Canada. It okay. says 1988 Winter Olympics oh. in Calgary. Oh. Wait, how is that possible? Because 84, isn't it every two, is it every four years? It's every, I thought the Winter it's Olympics every, were every four years. And then the same Summer, the summer Olympics. Yeah. Maybe things were different in the 80s. Everything was out of control. Like so crazy. How could we have known? No. Um, I I know we're going to have to start crossing things off the list very soon. Um, and I don't want to blame the United Way. Um, <laughs> it's but not I popular just to do that. <laughs> talk about it. Um, this is according to History Collection. United Way Worldwide is an international nonprofit organization that seeks to improve life for people by addressing community issues, particularly in healthcare, education, and jobs and income. Employees and volunteers target specific issues in their own communities and help address them by advocating for public policy and partnering with other organizations such as schools and local businesses. Balloon Fest was a fundraising effort to help finance programs by United Way of Cleveland, Ohio. The performance itself cost about half a million dollars to organize. The money was mostly from donations made by individuals who were concerned about their local community and wanted to help the United Way by making necessary improvements. A lot of criticism was directed at the fact that so much money was spent on fundraising spectacle rather than putting it to use in the way that it was originally intended. Had the money been spent more wisely, it could have been used to build a new school instead of causing so much environmental harm and possibly causing the deaths of two fishermen. Uh, Lessons can undoubtedly be learned from the disaster and infamy of Balloon Fest. One, of course, is the necessity of nonprofits like United Way ensuring that money donated to them is spent well and not on frivolous activities that are nothing more than publicity stunts. I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me. It doesn't it seems like there's a conflict of motivations, right? Maybe the city wanted a big spectacle, this nonprofit I would hope um, genuinely wanted to raise money for, you know, mm-hmm. the social programs they have, but it doesn't seem like a clear pathway to raising money for social programs to release a bunch of balloons. I, I think awareness can only go so far. Hmm. I, yeah, I'm with you. I'm wondering what was happening behind the scenes. It does, you know, feel like, Cleve, the city of Cleveland had a mission, and perhaps right. United Way kind of got caught in the middle. Yeah, or even I feel like it should be more like the you know because we have like Treb up here, but like we it's more like Cleveland's like city officials or like city planners yeah. or like well, their... it's the the big rebrand, right? Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. I almost well, I have a question. Uh-huh. Go ahead, Lauren. I just almost feel a little bad for United Way because in one version of the story, you know, they really like. It's it all comes back to capitalism, right? Like they, sure. the United Way is there because of capitalism, and <laughs> they were, you know, who who's gonna win in a fight like United Way or the meanies that, that are running Cleveland? You know, like they probably just got <laughs> the meanies. <laughs> they got run um, over in those meetings. Yeah, she said meanie and dum dum in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to bleep that. Yeah. <laughs> it is interesting to me that they said one of the leaders at United Way, though, was formerly at Procter & Gamble, mm. right? Which is like mm. a massive company yeah. that like, I just, Ooh. I'm curious He's an about... insider from Procter & Gamble. He Ooh. worked there and then he got into city stuff so that he could make 
big corporations infiltrating city management. Can we put that up on the board? Sure. Um, What would you do if you had this budget and you were supposed to create an awareness campaign for the alarmist, let's say, what would you do? Like thought exercise. It was just awareness. Your goal was not like uplift in subscribers. It was just like to make more people aware. I feel um, like that's I, the thing. That's why bo- balloons are a good option. It, it it does. I'm playing devil's advocate here. It does let people know. And look, we're still talking about it now. What about I, a concert where uh, big celebrities donate their time to raise awareness for a good cause? Big I love Cleveland that. celebrities. Yeah. Big Cleveland yeah. So they had to get <laughs> balloons. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe they went through all the other options that other c- big cities in the country do. And they were like, we don't have any of those resources. <laughs> this was the last resort, really. I also think it's interesting. I think they were like piggybacking off of Disneyland's oh, success, yes. right? Absolutely. They thought that they were as big and robust as like Anaheim. And yeah. well, do we yeah, put Disney on the board for that? Yeah. No. No. Okay. <laughs> you can't blame Disneyland. No, because Disneyland was celebrating 50 years. and 30, know, 30. 30, or yes. 30 years, sorry. And I don't know if Cleveland was like trying to snag some of that tourism, but that's not going to work. And also, Jeal- It feels like jealousy. Disney. It does. Disney it jealousy. Does. Cleveland um, thought they, it's like their eyes were too big for their... It's town Mouth? Square. Town <laughs> Square. <laughs> I, I keep on doing this thing, though. Have you ever been in a meeting with that guy that's like, then we're going to do this, and someone needs to say no. Right. And sometimes there's mm-hmm. this, like, emperor that wears no clothes or the, whatever. Like, there's some leader that everyone just is kissing their, their buns, as I'll continue to not swear on the show. And someone just <laughs> needs to step up and say, hold on a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Well, I I, want to ask before we start crossing things off the list, I want to ask you, Lauren, since you're from Cleveland, we had a listener write in. uh, This is from Kelly Alpaca. And she uh, said, I blame the Cleveland curse, which I know is a super easy answer. This was only a few years after Red Right 88 and right before the drive. Two infamous Cleveland Browns fails. Our city is just one disaster after another? Is this well known? Is there an actual Cleveland curse? Yes. I mean, I'm not a sports gal. So Mm. I, but everyone, when I was growing up, just, you know, you're under this cloud of shame when it came Mm. to sports. Um, We lost the Cleveland Browns temporarily. And I remember thinking, I don't care about football, but everyone in my life is going to kill themselves if the Browns don't (laughs) come back. Like it was everyone was, they had like um, big countdowns for when they were coming back and just zero wins, zero wins. And then, you know, LeBron, we had LeBron for a little bit. That was big. And then LeBron made that big move. Oh. And it was like, we just, I think Cleveland gets kicked again and again and oh. again. And it's, you know, I just feel like, yeah, there is a okay. the, the curse is real. It's, I think, more tied to sports, which is why I can't speak to it more. But it's just a general, like, yeah, we get the shit. Okay. So let's put that up on the board as well. Sure. And now the we're going to take a quick break and start knocking things off the board. 
A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Alex, hit us with the list. All right, who's to blame for Balloon Fest 86? Childlike curiosity of balloons. Obsession with flight. The child volunteer balloon fillers. Poor weather. Lake effect. The Cleveland rebrand. The 80s. (laughs) Sticking to the mission, a.k.a. the show must go on. Guinness Book of World Records. Better checks and balances, balloon boy Treb Henning, spectacles worthwhile or reckless, capitalism, big corporations infiltrating city management, and the Cleveland curse. (laughs) So what are we knocking off? Is that the question? Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. And, you know, sometimes we do these disasters and you think this one's going to be easy. This is pretty obvious who's to blame. And then you come out with a list of like 15 things. That can mm-hmm. be blamed. <laughs> got a lot on here. And okay. I well, do we that... think we can put lake effect into poor weather? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. A lot of these can be consolidated. I think the and or like sub bullet. I points, love you know the way I mean? you're thinking. I th- love it. I think the Cleveland rebrand could be taken off because that's kind of part of the Cleveland curse, perhaps. Mm. One, one facilitates the other. Maybe let's fold the curse into the rebrand. Because if there's no curse, then you don't need a right, rebrand. Right, right. You're already thriving. Um, I would cut. I, I feel like the child volunteers. I mean, yes. you can't blame these <laughs> children. They can't be donated their time. They probably did not feel like they time. had a choice. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, I bet a yeah, lot yeah. of them got like community service hours for it. Mm-hmm. So like, it's really not their fault. Can we take off the eighties? It's yeah, it's bothering Lauren. Yeah, let's, put, let's take the eighties. We can blame off. a lot of things on the eighties, but this yeah. is a little bit more the, specific. It, it you know it, it is almost more like 
people uh the obsession of flight or something or like mm. i don't know i was gonna say i would like to take the obsession with flight off because i think we could have manifest we could still be obsessed with flight and not need this truth yeah and we do fly I, relatively we fly safely. in other ways yes yeah. we yes, fly in other yes. ways <laughs> i agree i like that kind of also I like ch- that thing childlike curiosity of balloons like that is almost always harmless yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, I don't want to send it's that the to adults jail. making the balloons for the kids. Like we shouldn't be doing everything that kids want because their judgment's not the best, right? Mm-hmm. Right, right. <laughs> I would say that maybe fold capitalism into the Cleveland rebrand because sure, it was mm-hmm. you know the rebrand was in order to probably bolster their tourism, but the event was a charity event. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like it's a little bit more specific to fold that into the rebrand. Yeah. I, I like that. I also feel like big corporations infiltrating city management is like a big speculation on our part. Yeah. As much true. as I Absolutely. love that topic, like it's very fascinating. It doesn't seem like we can really pin that. This, this is maybe like a hot take, but like, I almost think we need to take off poor weather because it would have been bad for the environment and like pretty shitty whether the weather had been bad or not. Mm. Mm. Good point, Lauren. Genius. Well, that goes back to judgment too. It's like, if there's poor weather, then you change your plans. So you can't blame the weather if you're the one who's planning. It's almost like sticking to the mission is Mm -hmm. more to blame. Can I I just, can I just put in a little word though? I do think all the like disaster that happened was purely because the balloons Mm. like, cannoned back to because of the weather and caused the traffic accidents yeah. caused the airport right. stuff caused i do right think- and that's the disaster we're talking about we're not talking about you know general pollution disaster. per se yeah yeah, yeah. exactly okay, okay. Take, so I maybe back yeah good point good weather point. comes back on you want it back, back on. on the board oh. I, yeah. we, we don't have here. to we don't have to i just wanted no, to say i, 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 think, I think that's a good theoretically that's a good i also will say along those lines maybe we can take treb henning off because he, every other balloon event he's ever done has been successful and has continued on. Like oh. he's done, he's still doing it. Also, they would have just they would have just found another balloon boy. There's a lot of true. balloon true. experts out That's there. True. Right? Okay, so spectacle, worthwhile or reckless? I, I think that has to stay. Better checks and balances. I feel like can that goes um, into the sticking to the mission. I yes, think. Yeah. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're left with. Poor weather, the Cleveland rebrand, sticking to the mission, aka the show must go on, Guinness World Book of World Records, uh, spectacle, worthwhile or reckless? Spectacles. I don't What's think standing we can blame out? the Guinness Book of World Records. It doesn't seem like they did this just yeah, for a, right. a record in no. a book. Yes. You know what I mean? But it's- can I just say that I particularly <laughs> dislike the Guinness Book of World Records in that I'm just like, it makes people do unnecessary yes. things. Oh, absolutely. Extreme, extreme things. Um, sticking to the mission, the show must go on. That's poor it weather. for me. Yeah, I think it's more than the poor weather. Because again, like Clayton was saying, Mother Nature is going to be Mother Nature. And we're the ones who can decide to either right. go on with it or not. Um, it's it's like Cleveland needs a win, right? They are sticking to the mission of the rebrand because they need a win so badly. Mm-hmm. They're just desperate for one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Cleveland. I want to give you oh. a big hug, you know? 
<laughs> I know. Well, speaking of Cleveland and bad weather, my parents, I live in New York City. My parents were supposed to fly in today. And because of bad weather, their flight got canceled. And they said they can't come be rescheduled until next week. So perfect. Hmm. we're just... It's Cleveland. an hour away, and for some reason... Well, you know, at least they uh, didn't stick to the mission. The show did not go on. No. Right. They, uh, <laughs> they're I, being responsible. But they're right. unable to escape. It, it, it's hard to leave. It's, Maybe oh. Cleveland should, ju- like, their branding should just be like, we're, like, kind of the underdog. Like, things don't go right here, but, like, we're still here. Still mm-hmm. still kicking. That's still still kicking. Embrace the, like, you know... You know what we should do badness. to celebrate the rebrand? The new rebrand? Huh? What? What? Two million balloons? Oh, my God. No. So here's what I'm thinking. I think we got to send the sticking to the mission. Let's call it the show must go on mentality Mm -hmm. because that's what we've called it in the past. Mm -hmm. Uh, We got to send them to jail. And Mm. the the feeling, it's not so much... Yeah, we do have to slap the Cleveland rebrand as if Cleveland needs a slap, Mm. right? I know, yeah, but it's not, so we're not, sla- we're not slapping it's, Cleveland. It's we're slapping the, the people the who felt like they needed to yeah. plan something so, so poorly. They put I, that on Cleveland. They need they, to was, lower their expectations. I think this was a little too big for their bridges. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also they just need to be confident in who they are. It's okay, Cleveland. Like, mm-hmm. just be you. We, we got you. <laughs> well, their rebrand should just be... That we are who we are. And I like that. You know, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Very inclusive um, and self accepting. It is what it is. Uh, rebrand. Cleveland. Come to Cleveland. It is what it is. <laughs> okay. All right. I love it. I'm going to call <laughs> I'm going to call it Cleveland rebrand. You're getting the big slap. Sticking to the mission, AKA show must go on mentality. Get in jail. So does this mean, is this the first time we've put the same concept in jail? Are, have we just extended their sentencing? Mm, good question. Well, we've- well, sometimes what we've found, Alex, is that some of these concepts are very sneaky mm-hmm. and they will escape. Yeah. They will escape. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes you just got to grab them and throw them back in. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to get away with this. Nope. You know? The double in is a double indemnity does not qualify here. You can be tried twice mm-hmm, for the same crime or something mm-hmm. like that. That doesn't make sense, but you know what I mean. We got you. But ladies, Lauren, Ariel, thank you so much for joining us today and helping us get to the bottom of this, you know, big disaster. Thanks for thank you for us. having us. Can, it was can a I, dream. Can I ask for a really quick favor? I know that we talked yes. too much, but um, every. I, this is one of my favorite shows. And every time I listen, um, when you say, they say history doesn't repeat itself, <laughs> not on my watch. I say that out loud, no matter where I am. And can you say it right now? So I feel like everyone wants to hear it and I'll die. Can everyone you, wants to the, hear, the, it. Want to hear it. Lauren, I have to say it's, they say history repeats itself. <gasps> not on my watch. Damn. <laughs> wow. Like a pro. Thank you. You just made if my you, day. If you're a listener who also says that line out loud, like Lauren, I'd love for you to write in just so we know how many people are voice clip. participating. Leave yeah. a voice yes. clip. Yes. Oh, yes. Right a review. yes. Voicemail, please. I love it. Uh, but again, thank you so much. Thanks for having us. This was a blast.
after the balloon release, what was meant to be a fundraiser and PR campaign for the people of Cleveland ended in an environmental mess and two lawsuits. Gail Broderick, the wife of one of the fishermen, sued the United Way of Cleveland for $3.2 million and later settled out of court. Louise Nowakowski, whose horses were spooked because of the balloons, sued the United Way of Cleveland for $100,000 in damages and also settled out of court. On March 8, 2022, this year, just one month ago, the Cleveland City Council passed a balloon release ban ordinance prohibiting intentional balloon releases of 10 or more balloons. Visit our website and let us know who you think is to blame at www.thealarmistpodcast.com and follow us on Instagram at The Alarmist Podcast and on Twitter at Alarmist The. You can also send us your thoughts via email to thealarmistpodcast at gmail.com. Today's episode was produced and engineered by Clayton Early with fact-checking by Chris Smith and editing by Molly Hockey. Additional writing by Anastasia Kousakis. Thank you to our associate producer and researcher, Alex Paul. The Alarmist is executive produced by Rebecca Delgado-Smith and the Erios Network. Tune in next week. We'll be discussing the Nepalese Royal Family Massacre. Erios. Powered by ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.